0: Welcome to a weekly review of LGBT news from Keen News Service. I'm Lisa Keen. President Obama doesn't understand why the LGBT community is unhappy with his administration. Not everyone is, but political blogger Joe Sudbay expressed a legitimate perception that many in the gay community are in fact disillusioned and disappointed in the Obama administration. And a lot of that disillusionment has been born out of the administration saying it opposes certain laws And then, when the courts rule those laws unconstitutional, the administration has been appealing those decisions. Don't Ask, Don't Tell and the Defense of Marriage Act are two big examples. But in an interview Wednesday afternoon with Sudbay and four other progressive bloggers, Obama said the disillusionment is not justified. He noted that his administration has done more than any other to advance the interest of the LGBT community, and that's true. But it's sort of like... To use one of the president's favorite metaphors, a person being behind the wheel of a moving car while sending a text message driving the car into a ditch, and then saying they made all the correct turns up until that point, Sudbay, who blogs at americablog.com, also asked the president whether he has a strategy for passing don't ask don't tell repeal language in the upcoming lame duck session of Congress. President Obama said yes, and that he will be involved in that strategy himself but he declined to give further details, saying he did not want to tip his hand. The strategy was apparently devised just the day before. Ten gay activists working on Don't Ask, Don't Tell repeal met with White House senior advisors just the day before, on Tuesday, and officials said the meeting was to get their help in devising a strategy. No one who participated in the meeting would reveal much about what was said. But one person who did participate in the meeting, who revealed one detail, was Log Cabin Republican Executive Director Clark Cooper. Cooper spoke only after the President revealed in his interview with the bloggers on Wednesday that he had pushed Cooper's group during Tuesday's meeting to come up with two to five Republican senators to help break the filibuster against Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Cooper told Keene News Service that he replied, Mr. President, we had the votes in place on filibuster, but the Democratic majority leader absolutely refused to allow Republicans to introduce amendments they wanted on the defense authorization bill. Work on that bill came to a screeching halt last month after Democrats came up three votes shy of the 60 they needed to break the filibuster. The political climate is not going to get any better next month when Congress returns from the midterm elections. Polls still show Republicans will make significant gains in the Senate and will likely take the House. Those new members won't take office until January, but the shift in power will almost certainly escalate tensions in both chambers during the lame-duck session. There are a lot of tensions to be escalated by the midterms next Tuesday, and Key News Service has identified what are probably the 13 most important outcomes to watch for. In addition to the House and Senate partisan majorities, the LGBT community should be focused on whether Democrats can retain the majority in both houses of the New Hampshire legislature and keep their Democratic governor. Republican-led efforts are underway there to repeal the state's new marriage equality law, and the GOP candidate for governor says he'd be happy to sign it. Four other governor races are of particular interest, too, in California, Maine, New York, and Minnesota, where the balance of strength for LGBT equality, particularly around marriage, will be tipped dramatically one way or the other, depending on who wins. Two openly gay candidates are seeking seats in the U.S. House, And there's even heightened interest in the relatively obscure voting on whether to keep three justices of the Iowa Supreme Court for another term. The justices were part of a seven-member unanimous court that ruled in 2009 that the state constitution required gay couples be treated equally under the state marriage laws. The Anti-Gay National Organization for Marriage has been pouring money into Iowa, hoping to unseat the three justices. They've also been churning up hostilities in New Hampshire and Minnesota, running independent ad campaigns that oppose candidates who have been supportive of equal marriage rights. Another favorite target of right-wing groups, gay adoption, has been suffering mightily in Florida, the only state that has an outright ban on all gay people from adopting children. The state's very conservative Attorney General, Bill McCollum, announced late last week that he would not appeal an intermediate court ruling that a gay man could adopt two young boys he and his partner have been raising for the past six years as foster parents. McCollum held out the possibility that he might seek to defend the state's adoption ban in some future case, and just this week, another case came along. Once again, the state appeals court for the 3rd District of Florida ruled a lesbian could adopt. No word yet on whether McCollum intends to challenge that ruling. Meanwhile, there was movement to advance efforts this week to address another lingering concern, youth suicide, particularly by LGBT youth. The Congress's LGBT Caucus sent a letter to the Department of Health and Human Services on Tuesday, imploring its Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration to move more quickly and more substantively to address LGBT-related youth suicide. The letter came from openly gay representatives Barney Frank, Tammy Baldwin, and Jared Paulus, and was joined by a strong supporter of gay civil rights, Representative Gerald Nadler of New York. A Nadler aide said the point of the letter was to be helpful, to find out whether the agency needs more money and legal authority to take action. And speaking of legal authority, one thing President Obama could point to this week to mitigate the disappointment expressed by some in the LGBT community was the Department of Education, even before the rash of recent reports of youth committing suicide after being tormented by anti-gay harassment, the Department of Education had been working to launch into action anti-bullying programs. As part of that effort, the Department on Tuesday sent out a letter to all public and private schools reminding them that certain existing federal laws require that they take action to prevent bullying and to stop it when it happens. For Keen News Service, I'm Lisa Keene. You have been listening to a podcast of Key News Service. Visit us on the web at keynewservice.com.